This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. It's time to talk some blues hockey. Welcome to the Blues NHL podcast, hosted by former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers and former Blues enforcer Darren Kimball. And we got a problem in front of the hog bench. Kimball pulling it, Ronick. Here's Kimball swinging it, Ronick wildly, and the linesman trying to get in between them. Federico stolen from Reinhardt, breaking in to Hunter. Hunter shooting, rebound. Terjana Hall looking for 500. He shoots. He scores. Brad Hall, number 500. Oh, unbelievable oh, save by Jake Allen. Tarasenko in the clear. He scores. And now here's your off-ice official, Jim Cromer. Blues fans, welcome to this weekend recap edition of the Blues NHL podcast. I'm your off-ice official, Jim Cromer. Let me welcome in my in-studio support bud, Coach Gary Henson from McKendry Hockey, D2 McKendry Hockey Bearcats. Had a good weekend, I see. Uh, Got it rolling over there, bud? Yeah, we uh, had a real good weekend. Two wins to cap off the season, uh, 19 and 3. Well, that's awesome. Got a special treat for everybody. Uh, Obviously, we've had a lot transpire in Blues Blues land over the last few days, and uh, thought maybe it'd be best to get our to get the real star of the show in on the on the guest line there. So we brought you Jamie Rivers from his home, or are you at work? I can't never tell. I, I don't know that you never not work. So uh, God only knows where you're at. But uh, welcome in, Jamie. Hey guys, how you doing? Well, doing okay. Um, I know you and I were texting, and I thought you know what, it's best just to get you on the line here. We've had uh, so much go down probably over the last really six days five days whatever it's been and uh you know blues fans are wondering you know what now uh, obviously we had the the, the let, letting go of ken hitchcock uh mike yo comes in we have plaguer's jersey retired the blues play an, a, a majorly inspired game in front of a in front of a crowd that was just waiting for it uh you know hard thing to do you got to come back and do that same thing against a pittsburgh team that's obviously one of the best in the league uh, it didn't work out for us, and we lose Roy, uh, Robbie Fabry for, for the remainder of the season. Uh, I guess my question to you as a Blues fan, was it going to be tough no matter what happened to reach that high coming off that, that Thursday night game against Pittsburgh? Well, yeah, obviously. Look, you gotta, what everybody has to remember here is it's business as usual for the rest of the NHL. Like, you know, nobody really cares after the fact that You've changed coaches or whatever you're doing personnel-wise. You know, the first team that came in, <coughs> excuse me, is going to know right away. Like the Maple Leafs, they're a young team, so maybe they didn't realize it as much, but veteran guys will tell you, the first game you play against a team that has a new boss or a new coach or whatever, it's going to be energetic, let alone a night where they're retiring a number of, you know, Mr. St. Louis Blue Bobby Plager. So no matter what you do, it's going to be, an energetic group that comes out against you on that night. Now, for Pittsburgh, you know, they're seeking a little bit of redemption. At the same time, we went into Pittsburgh and we took it to them and beat them at a time where we weren't playing fantastic hockey at the time, and it was probably deemed a game for them that they should have won or that they underperformed. So I can tell you that Mike Sullivan and his crew would have made sure to let the guys know, hey, you know, these guys embarrassed us in our rink. Let's not forget that. And so that Pittsburgh team was going to be ready to roll no matter who's behind the bench for the Blues and under any circumstance. And the last part of it here is it's a process here. Like, we can't forget the fact that there was a change in philosophy or a new coach put in place because what was going on wasn't deemed to be working. So it doesn't just fix itself overnight, like, it takes time, and Coach Mike Yo has got a long list of things he has to look at, evaluate, 
I mean, he's kept the same lines together for two games in a row, which probably the first time that that's been like that for, you know, a long time. But nonetheless, he's still got players that he doesn't know what they can do, what situations that they're going to play in, where they fit in exactly, or do they fit in. Um, you know, now he's he's put now in a, in a spot where it's really tough because Robbie Fabry gets hit and tears his ACL, which is, you know, one of the worst injuries you can have as a hockey player. And so now he's not only taking over a brand-new team with, you know, guys he's trying to figure out, now he's got to try and call other guys up and bring in other players or move, you know, shift the guys around in the lineup to try and create this, this winning team while at the same time evaluating and looking at and trying to fix some of the problems that he currently has. So, you know, I don't know if it was a flat effort or if it's just one of those things where you came out against a really good hockey team that was ready for you. I thought the Blues played uh, not as aggressive as they had in the prior game, uh, maybe a little more tentative. But, you know what, at the end of the day, this is going to be a process for the next, you know, two weeks, maybe even longer, while we figure out exactly what direction that, that Mike Joe wants to take this team in. Well, and that was going to be my next question. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, you lose Fabry, who's a big part of your team. He's obviously a top six forward here uh, in St. Louis. So now they call up the, the youngster, and, I'm, and I hope I don't butcher his name, but it, Kenny, is it Agostino? Agostino? It doesn't really matter. The bottom line is he was leading scorer down there. Um, so Blues fans are eagerly anticipating his arrival, thinking maybe he can help us a little bit, which, hey, I hope he does. But the reality of it is Fabry's been a, a, you know, a constant contributor here for you. He's had a lot of energy in his game. Uh, you know, it's, a, it's asking a lot of a young guy, which my assumption now would be, and you can forgive me if I'm wrong here, but I think now we're probably going to see Barbashev play on, in that top six role where we think he might be able to actually play his game. So I'm sure that's what we'll see. But this is a, this is a tall task now with the trade deadline looming. Yeah, obviously it's not it's not the ideal situation losing one of your top six forwards and a young guy and such an, an energetic guy for your team. Um, and yeah, you know Kenny Agostino comes up; he's leading the American Hockey League in scoring, which uh, is not easy to do. Uh, you know, I've seen that done before by guys who play on uh, you know powerhouse teams and that are loaded up. And you know, he's playing on a good team in Chicago, but they're not a powerhouse. So him leading the league in scoring is quite an accomplishment at this point. And why not get him up here? You know, he's a little older than, than the average rookie, um, but he also had a hell of a training camp. Played really well uh, to the point where the Blues were in a, in a pickle almost because they had planned to send it down early. But he played so good that they felt compelled to keep him around a little longer. So good on him for doing that and then good on him for going down there and playing hockey as well and as hard as he has. So yeah, he's going to come into the lineup. And the, the objective here is not to replace Robbie Fabry. And that sometimes gets very difficult for the player and the media and the fans because you get a player that comes in, you're like, oh, he's here because Robbie Fabry. Like, you're expecting Robbie Fabry to come out of this player. And that's not going to happen. You have to utilize Kenny Agostino to the best of his ability and to the, in the best spot that he fits in within the team. So, you know, <clears throat> he's not going to replace those minutes that Fabry brings. Uh, but you hope that you can create a, a line or a system around him that brings out the best of him. So, yeah, he'll get a shot to play. I think he's going to have to be a top nine forward to play the game he really wants to play or needs to play. Um, as far as Barbashev's concerned, you know, he's a centerman. And just bumping him up into the top six to play him in the top six at wing or something like that, it, that may not benefit everyone as much as they want either. So, you know, that's going to be a decision for Mike Yo now is who do I play where? What centerman do I move? Do I move a guy to the wing? Do I try something different? Um, so, like I said in the first answer, you know, Mike Yo's still trying to figure out things, period, dot, let alone you know, trying to figure things out in a more complicated way by, by replacing one of his top players. So, uh, yeah, the Blues got a, uh, a lot of work ahead of them to do. But you know what? I look at it as this is a they're, – they're getting a step ahead of the game here because, you know, Mike Yo Arrow was supposed to start next year. He's starting this year right now. So he has a head start on developing the kind of team he wants for next year. 
And that doesn't mean that we're giving up on this year at all. All it means is he has a chance now to bring these young guys or players that he feels fit in certain situations to put his stamp on it and to try and create his own atmosphere here. Well, you know, I, for me as a fan, I, you know, when something like this happens, uh, you, you know, I guess you get anxious about seeing somebody new. You know, it's like, well, uh, if it was going to be somebody, I wish it wouldn't have been Fabry, but the reality of it is here's some new blood and, Maybe when things aren't going so well, maybe you feel like, eh, who knows? Maybe we can do something here. So I don't know. For me, it, it's kind of like somebody might come in. You might catch that spark. Who knows? It's almost like grasping for straws right now. Well, yeah, I, I personally wouldn't word it like that. But you are in a different situation than we were last year at this time of the season and certainly with the expectations of, of what that team could do last year. Uh, now – if history can say anything to the future, there's been teams in recent history that have gotten snuck in the playoffs and won the Stanley Cup or snuck in the playoffs and gone a fair way, second, third round of the playoffs. So nothing is impossible, especially in hockey, which is such a team sport. And when you get a bunch of guys working together, and if you find that right combination, sometimes it's amazing what that group can do. So I'm not writing them off. Uh, I do think, though, that they have decisions to make, tough decisions to make for next year and moving forward, period, dot, in the future. Uh, I think they need to address those issues. And you're right, they get a little bit of a, a glimpse at what they have here in the minors, what they have as far as young kids. And quite honestly, what they're going to need in the next two, three years, because quite honestly, that's really what I would be eyeballing as a franchise, is two years from now or a year and a half from now, where's our team at under Mike Yo? And how are all these young kids that we put time and effort into, how are they developing and how are they going to carry our team? So every time, every day now it's weird because you're, <clears throat> in the NHL you're no longer just trying to build a powerhouse, but you have to continuously uh, be able to rebuild your, te- rebuild your team year in and year out. And it doesn't mean major rebuild, but you have to expect guys are going to leave. You're going to have to expect that you're going to get rid of guys, and you have to always have this fresh stable of prospects or players that you're developing so that you can continue to fill those voids well you know as i uh as i look forward to the game tonight i'm anxious to see the young man i'm anxious to see what mike yo does with his lineup and, and how he moves it around it'll be uh you know it'll be something to 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 watch as if you're a blues fan and kind of maybe see his direction uh you know it was you know it was Perfect having you on here today because of so much that has happened and not wait until Thursday. One of the questions I was going to ask you Thursday, which i got to ask you today before we let you go here, is uh, it's been made a little bit of a big deal, and I think it is great. What did you think of uh, Mr. Plager twice making note almost to the players of, hey, this is who you play for, the blue note? It's been made you know, a big deal a little bit in social media. Did you feel like that was his way of maybe letting the boys know, I know you're not going through the greatest of times right now, but this is what will get you through? Well, yeah, you know, and look, Bobby Plager's still the guy that, you know, in the big playoff games, he won't even watch the game. He can't watch the games. He literally walks around Scott Trade Center purposely finding other things to do so he, he doesn't watch the game because he just can't handle it. He's so nervous and wants the team to win so bad. And, you know, last year in the playoffs, I said, Bobby, I'm like, enjoy this. You know, this is something that, you know, we haven't seen in a long time, and he just said, I can't, I'm too nervous. I go, well, what are you nervous about? He goes, well, and this is what made sense to me, and if we'll bring it all together here, is he's like, the fans of this city have wanted this for so long, and they deserve it so bad. He's like, I feel like if I watch the game and I jinx them, that it's my fault. And so it, it, what that struck with me was, you know, Bobby Plager sitting here in the middle of their best recent year's playoff run, whatever you want to call it, recent history, and he's so worried about the fans and them getting what they want. And then to, to, to move ahead now to his retirement night, and he says the things he does about wearing the blue note, the, name, you know, the crest on the front, not the name on the back. I think it was him trying to tell the players, you know, here I am 50 years later, and I still care so much about the blue note. I think you should know what an honor and a privilege it is to be in St. Louis, to be around these great people and these hockey fans, and you should represent that logo as well as I have for 50 years. And, yeah, you know what? Was it a nudge? Like, guys, you know, get your shit together? Possibly. Was it a, hey, don't forget where you're at? 
thing, you know, you can throw whatever you want into that. I think it was Bobby Plager letting all the players know that are there currently and years past alumni guys like myself and Darren, that it's an honor to be in St. Louis and to wear that blue note and to support the history that this town has created with great hockey fans and great hockey people. Well, uh, again, it was it was very well noticed by most people, especially fans and and uh, and the like. And you know, it was a great speech. And you know, nobody knew they were going to bring his brother's banner down to take him to the top. I, whoever you know, whoever scripted that whole thing hit a home run. I think you had made mention to it on social media as well. It was just an unbelievable night, and for for a guy that's well deserving. So you know, very proud to have him here as a, as part of the team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Bobby, like I said. Uh, I, I mentioned briefly on TV the one night that I'm 18 years old, and I really honestly, Crumbs, I didn't know who Bobby Plager was. I knew of him, but not that he was such a legend in St. Louis. And where Brentwood Ice Rink, when it's before it's redone, I mean, when where it's like you know a bat cave to go up there and skate, and he comes in with a coffee in the morning, sits beside me, and starts talking to me, and talking about games he's watched me play and all this stuff, and and then talking about St. Louis and we talked about how many people were there for first day training camp and you know made me feel at home and here's this legend St. Louis legend you know taking time to come in and almost have a coffee with somebody a younger guy like every morning sit there and shoot the breeze and I tell you what like you talk about an ambassador for the city he was an ambassador for the blues and nobody even knew that that's really what he was doing was making everybody feel you know at home and making sure that everything was okay. It's almost like he has to protect his blue note and wants to make sure that everybody's taking good care of it at the same time as he is. So, yeah, I have always, since that moment, uh, every time I've touched the ice in St. Louis as a player, um, not every night was great, but I never quit, never gave up, never didn't give my best. And as a retired player, I feel like it's my duty a lot of times to be out there and doing work in the community and representing the blue note still just because I feel like Bobby Plager is such a great representative of that, that I, I owe it to him as well. Well, as a blues fan, I, I can tell you that you do a great job. You're so active in the community. Um, this show is just another example of the, the amount of time that you give to the fans out there. And, and I do appreciate you doing it each and every week and proud to call you my, uh, my co-host as I, as I like to call you sometimes the real talent of the show, of course, but, uh, <laughs> That's not what you call me. Well, That's I was, not what you call me, Groves. <laughs> I, I was, was going to say, you know, Gary's laughing and smiling at me over here. He, I, I tell him all the time, you're sitting in Jamie's chair on Mondays, man. you got big shoes to fill. Is that what I say, G? Yeah, uh, no, not really. It's a pile of something I need to sit on, I think, oh, is what, gee, many Christmas. to it. Hey, Jamie, i got to <laughs> ask you one question. Um, sure. You know, we're all, you know, hockey guys, tough guys and all. So when number eight came down and greeted number five and went up, you're never going to convince me you didn't have a tear there. Oh, no, I'm I'm as honest as they get, Gary. And, yeah, I mean, I was fighting back crying for real. It's not even like tearing up. And it's not even so many emotions going through through me that night because – it was done fantastic by the Blues. And then knowing the history of Bobby and, and his brother, uh, both brothers, but certainly his brother Barkley, and, and knowing that they had made a space for him to go up beside Barkley, that had already kind of triggered something in me where I was like, oh, my God, like, I felt like I was on Oprah Winfrey. Like, it was my day to cry, you know? <laughs> and uh, so when they went up and they stopped, I looked at it and, They'd done it before in some of the buildings I've been in where they let the player, like, look at it one last time before they raise it forever. And then the spotlight shifted over to number eight and Barkley. And I, Scotty Warman was, like, beside me in the Fox uh, box there while we were watching it. And I said, oh, my God, I'm going to lose it. And he's like, holy crap. Like, <laughs> because it just hits you, like, oh, my God, now they're lowering number eight so that they can go up in the rafters together forever. And it was like, yeah, I have a brother that's four years older than me that played hockey. We played together in Sudbury. Uh, he went on to play pro hockey, and, and I obviously went on to my career. But if, I just thought quickly, and all that, that quick minute of it all transpiring was thinking about if that was my brother and that was happening, 
I'm like, holy crap, I'd be losing it right now. I couldn't even believe how well Bobby kept it together because he is a softie. He really is. He's an emotional guy, and he was worried all day about breaking down. But you know, just really, more direct to your question, yeah, I was tearing up for sure. But who doesn't? I mean, what an unbelievable moment, let alone to be a moment where you share it with, you know, like he said, his idol, his best friend, and his brother. So, yeah. Yeah, no, no secrets there. That was incredible. Yeah, exactly. I sent Chroma text, and I said, uh, this probably is the most emotional moment for me as a Blues fan. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's for you guys, mo- especially, like, you've been around St. Louis for so long, uh, you know, forever, sorry, and it's been the Blues itself, like, man, what a moment for you guys. So, yes, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but it just... It's pretty neat. No, I'm just talking about how emotional I'll be when you're back in studio with us next <laughs> Thursday. And Kimby will be gone. We'll fly the missing man formation. I mean, we'll find a way to get it done. Holy right? God. I think maybe Gary will come in and join us and try to fill his role. But, Jamie, I appreciate you. I know, you know, I say it all the time on here. I don't know anybody involved in, in hockey in St. Louis that's any busier than you. Uh, thanks for taking the time this morning. And uh, I look forward to you being back here on Thursday. Oh, no problem, Chromes. Anytime you boys uh, carry the ball for us here. All righty, that's, uh, that's our own Jamie Rivers. Uh, you can see him typically uh, anywhere at a hockey rink. You can see him on Fox Sports. You can hear him on the radio. Like I said, the guy's busy. Gets called on a lot uh, to talk about the game. He's so knowledgeable when it comes to both breaking down the game and, of course, uh, giving you some insight. Uh, before we get over to Angela Sharp, I want to remind everybody that uh, Jamie each and every week is brought to you by Vincent Mortgage. They're a great group that's so involved in the community when it comes to this, all the sporting shows and backing all the teams. I want to tell you some of the great highlights with them, of course. Uh, One of the neatest things you can do is chat live with a loan officer at vincentmortgage.com. Get all the information you need instantly. Uh, All you want to do there is visit vincentmortgage.com, click chat with a mortgage expert. You can connect live and in real time to one of their professional loan officers. They can help you figure out the best way to reach your family's financial goals. If you want to buy a new home in 2017, you can get pre-qualified in less than five minutes. It's very simple to do. Uh, take a moment and uh, hear from our friends at Vincent Mortgage. But before you do, don't forget to call 314-839-9999 or just visit vincentmortgage.com for more info. Let's hear from them now. Quit holding off on refinancing your home. You must do it right now. The rates are projected to rise in 2017. And at Vincent Mortgage, we have professional loan officers that can help you with your current financial situation. Don't miss this opportunity to save. Call today, 314-839-9999 or chat live at vincentmortgage.com. Come visit us at 12801 Flushing Meadows Drive, St. Louis, Missouri, 63131, NMLS number 225095. Again, thank you to all our friends at Vincent Mortgage, especially Sean Vincent, as he is a big supporter of the show, been a good friend of Jamie's for quite some time. And uh, again, I, you know, I just feel like it's a natural to have them be a part of this because they're so involved in all the, the, the sports here in town. And, of course, you know you can hear them on just about any show. So we do appreciate their support as well. Uh, I want to go now to uh, to our Blues reporter. Um, you know, this, this lady is synonymous with Blues fans everywhere. You know her. Um, you'll see her at uh, every Blues game as she's out there talking to the fans, getting a feel for what's going on, trying to get them going. And uh, I'm real interested to get her take on uh, the player ceremony and then, you know, and a couple other things. So let's welcome in, as we're going to do each and every Monday, Angela Sharp. Angela, how are you? Hey, great. How are you guys? Well, glad to have you. Um, we were getting some feedback on naming your segment. We get, we're getting a lot of sharpshooters, which was our first thought right away. I mean, that, that sounds was, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean with, the, with the last name, you kind of have to utilize it. So if that's what a lot of people like, then... That's a good way to lean. You know, the hockey coach over here is looking at me, and he's shaking his head. He likes that whole sharpshooter thing. But, see, we were fans of Brett Hall, so we like that whole sharpshooter thing. <laughs> of course. Yeah, it's absolutely great. I, I think uh, that's got to be. We got to go with that? Sharpshooter? you got to. I mean, come Sharp on. with an E? What do you know? Like Right? Sharp with an E? Sharpshooter? Yeah. You huh? got to, yeah, that's how, that's, how I, that's how it's spelled. Yeah. You got to use that, right? All right. I, okay, that's what we're going to go. So let's go to our sharpshooter report with Angela Sharp. So. Well, Angela, uh, had a big night over at Scott Trade Center. Uh, we were just talking. Jamie Rivers was kind enough to join us. Uh, you know, he's here, obviously, with me every Thursday. But we were texting back and forth, and we've had a lot transpire over the last few days, so he joined us. One of the things we touched on that I'm really curious to get your take on was the retirement of Bob Plager. He's such a beloved blue, you know, by all of St. Louis, by anybody that's ever come in contact with him. People that don't even know him feel like they know him because that's just the kind of guy he is. Uh, you know, you were obviously working the crowd, talking to fans. 
Uh, you know, people have been talking about this night for a while. So one of the things that, uh, you know, Gary brought up to Jamie was, you know, the ceremony was great. We talked a lot about some of the stuff, but when Barkley's banner came down and brought Bobby's banner to the rafters, what was going through your mind? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I mean, the whole the whole ceremony was great. Like you said, Bobby is loved by everyone. And, and, and like you said, people who don't necessarily even know him, fans that don't necessarily know him, I mean, they weren't around necessarily when he played, don't know what he did. Once you have interacted with him in any way, you're automatically in love with him. Like, he's just, he's awesome. He has so many fun stories. So, of course, I wanted to make sure I was had a great spot to watch that whole ceremony. I did not know that the eight was going to come down. And so when the five kind of stood there for a second, I was like, oh, no. Like, I hope, I hope it's not stuck. And then when the eight started to come down, like, that was it. Like, I'm a girl. I actually do have emotion, even though I try not to show it too often. Yeah, there was, there was, there was a tear there. That was, that was so beautiful. And I got to interview Bobby. Um, I got to interview him on a Thursday or Saturday. I'm sorry. I had to interview him on Saturday night at that game. And that was one of the moments that when he walked up, you know, I was like, so what did you think of your ceremony? And he was like, and that's exactly what he told me. He's like, I kind of thought maybe the five was stuck for a second. And then when he came down, he said, they, they got me on that one. You know, that was the one that really got a tear to his eye. So, I mean, I just thought that was really beautiful. And whoever came up with that in our organization, I think, did a great job. Angela, this is scary. I, whoever came up with that didn't get you, didn't get Bobby. He got the whole city and anyone else who's watching. I was there when Holly. Oh, oh, yeah. You know, when Hollies went up, they stopped. Like Jamie mentioned earlier, like the jersey kind of stops for a minute and they kind of reflect on it and then it continues. And then when the spotlight hit eight, I looked over at my wife and I, I, she's got tears streaming down her face. I got tears streaming down my face. It, if you were human, you were crying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they did a wonderful job with that. I mean, that was that was the best way to retire Bobby's number. That was just the best way. And, so he had told me, and I, I don't, I'm sure he's probably mentioned this in other interviews, but his um, his grandson wears the number 58, obviously the five for Bobby and the eight. So his, he said his grandson said, like looked up to him, and I, I don't know how old the grandson is, maybe seven at most, and he looked up to him, and he calls, he calls Bobby Coach, and he said, hey, Coach, I, I think they're retiring my number, which is kind of adorable all in itself, which it's just super cute. I mean, it was... It was an awesome, moving, great moment. I loved it. Oh, my gosh. The grandson was fit. Now we're crying in the studio here for Pete's sake. Yeah. Um, Isn't that <laughs> Thanks, adorable? Angela. Ever, yes. since he's, ever since he's played, Bobby told me ever since he's played, he, he's worn the 58 That's for, for that reason. That's amazing. Uh, you know, the fans obviously really enjoyed it. Uh, one of the things that came out uh, that people have kind of talked a little bit about was it seems like Bobby took a couple of moments within his speech to – not directly, but kind of indirectly address this bunch, making sure they remember who they play for, why they play here. Uh, then they go out and play an inspired game. Did you kind of take that as well from his speech that he might have been speaking to the guys? Now that you bring it up, I did. I do. I didn't <laughs> even think about it at the time. I mean, I heard. I, I, I know what you're referencing. You play for the the crest on the front, not the name on the back. He said that a few times during his speech, and. I mean, now that you're saying that, maybe he was, I always thought he was just, you know, reminding people in life, you know, I mean, we all, we all have our superstars, our favorite players, but those guys are, are playing for the crest in the front, which is adorable. I didn't think about it now until you guys brought it up, but yeah, maybe he was directing it to our bunch. I always, I kind of thought, you know, I mean, the night that they retired Hall's number, the, the team didn't play very well. Um, so I kind of thought they played so well, you know, based on that new coach smell, if you will. But maybe it was a little bit of both. Well, you know, I think you're right. I think that was inevitable. Jamie touched on that, that, you know, that first game, if, if you've ever played against a team that goes through something like that, you know what you're going to get, that whole new boss thing, and you've got to go out and impress the boss. Uh, equally, though, they come back on Saturday night and they play a tough Pittsburgh team who's obviously one of the top teams in the league for a reason. Pittsburgh had a little something of their own to go. We had just went into their building and really embarrassed them in front of their home crowd because – Blues had been scuffling. Pittsburgh couldn't get anything going against us. We go in there and shut them out. So they had a little little extra to play for here as well. We're kind of coming off that high. Um, things don't start out so well, and then they go from from worse to even worse. 
as we lose Fabry. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now you're in the st- oh, now you're out. Ab- yeah, you're out in the stands with the with the crowd. You know that happens, and as he's coming off the ice, I'm not there. I'm watching the game, and I could feel the energy leave the building. What was that like in oh, the stands? Oh yeah, because I mean, it, it, I mean, it, was, it looked it looked like it was going to be painful for us, and as we found out now that it is, he's going to be out the rest of the season. So it looked painful, and I think that's all all fans saw is like you see a player like that who's who's a younger player who's a good player. And you you can kind of tell that this is this injury is going to be bad, just when you see it happen, and then to to lose that player, yeah, the, the energy definitely left the building. And I was receiving texts all through the night for people who were watching that game on, you know, the the later replay that they they air, like, oh my gosh, is he okay? Because they want to, you know, they want to know since you know it's been a few hours when you watch that replay, they want to know. When is he coming back? I, I I don't know. I got out I got out of there pretty soon on on Saturday. I don't know. So, yeah, that was this definitely definitely makes it a harder road. Not not that the Blues are making it an easy road, but it's definitely going to be a harder road now. Yeah, Angela, definitely a harder road. And so they lose Fabry. What do you think the temperature is now? Like, are they excited about maybe seeing Agostino come in? I mean, the guy's a point per game guy in his career. It's not like he's a young guy. He's got experience. He's got good size. So is there any talk about him? Like, you know, is is this a silver lining thing, or are we just hovering in gray clouds here? Like, what's the fan base saying? Well, I mean, the the fan base is is gray clouds all the way. I mean, you might end up being right. Maybe there is going to be a silver lining here. But, I mean, the second that happened, and even, even now, you know, you know, there's a couple. I went to a Super Bowl party or two yesterday, and the Blues fans there are really worried, really upset with losing a player with such energy like Tabry. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's kind of like, I mean, but that's that's a Blues fan, right? Uh, doom and gloom is kind of the the Blues fan motto until you start getting things rolling. And, and like you said, you you played well Thursday, but then Saturday, not so much. So. Yeah, I mean, fans are worried. I think fans are starting to worry. I mean, we we lucked out a little bit points wise with some of the other how some of the other teams fell Saturday night. So, unfortunately, that's where I'm. I sit as as a Blues fan. It's like you watch us, and then you're watching all the other teams to see what's happening points wise. Yeah, that's a you know that's a tough thing because that's what you're in now. You're in a dog fight. You're just trying to make the playoffs. Jamie alluded to it earlier that. You know, it's not the easiest thing in the world, but it has been done. You know, you, once you get in, you know, you can get in there and maybe turn your, you know, get your game going in the right direction, hopefully leading into the playoffs, which that's what it would have to be here. I mean, you know, we're, we're currently on the outside looking in, not insurmountable by any stretch, but to get in, and that's, you know, that's why I've always kind of wondered about these teams that, that just get in. It's like other sports. They have momentum going into the playoffs where some teams kind of coast in. So that's always been my excuse why sometimes these teams are tough to play against. Maybe it'll be our Blues this year. Who knows? I do know that, um, you know, I don't know that I would ever use the term silver lining when you lose a a high-energy guy that's probably been one of your better effort guys that that have been playing well in Fabry. But you don't really have a choice. Um, There could be changes on this roster. We all know that here by the end of February. I don't know how this will play into it, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see. And uh, and I do appreciate you know you coming on each week because you really do have the pulse of the fan. So it's a it's a great thing to have you on it and just kind of see what what your thoughts are. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be an interesting rest of the season. To, like like you said, just to see where everybody falls. And and you're right. If if maybe we hit some great momentum going into the playoffs, that would be great. But my biggest fear is, is, and I don't want to say it, but, but but not making the playoffs at all after you came off of last season. It, it would be it would be heartbreaking, I think, as a Blues fan to not be in them at all, based off of what happened to the team last season. Yeah, you know, hey, last thing I wanted to ask you before we let you go. Um, obviously, Jake Allen had has had his struggles. Uh, he played well against Toronto. And then I actually didn't think he played bad at all against Pittsburgh. I didn't, you know, I thought he played well, made some nice key saves, things like that. You know, we had a, there was just a couple breakdowns or whatever. And, you know, a team like that, that's the thing about a team like that. It, it you know, you have breakdowns against that type of firepower. The puck ends up in the back of your net before you can blink. So I actually thought he played well. Uh, or, you know, I know it's only been two games. Do you get a sense maybe the fans are feeling like maybe he's getting his game together? Um, I mean, the fans were really focused on other 
other aspects of the game now. So, yeah, it, it, from that aspect, yes, I'm not necessarily hearing fans saying, oh, Alan's great, Alan's back, we're good to go. But they're now focusing and maybe, you know, having suggestions for other areas of the team. Like, oh, we need, we, obviously, we need to score more and we need better defense and all the things that, that fans say. But once they stop focusing on that goalie issue, then you realize that maybe – they're kind of they're kind of happy. They're kind of satisfied with with the play that's happening in goal. Well, we got a heck of a two nights here. We Philadelphia tonight, Ottawa tomorrow night on the road. How do you see this shaping up, Angela? I mean, you know me. I'm always positive. I'm always happy. I'm positive that we're going to pull up a couple wins here on the road. I mean, it's it's the first road game with your new coach. Come on. I hear right? you. No, I hear you. And they Come say on. that's good. Get out on the road. We're cheering here. That's we right. Cheering. Let's go Blues. We're going to be happy about this. No, I, I think, I think this has potential um, to be to be good. This is, this could this could be good. See, this is why she's the Blues media ambassador. See how this works. Yeah. See how she she's doing her job. <laughs> she's so good at being awesome. Yeah, she is. Good. <laughs> And that's on her W too. What do you do? I'm awesome. I I be awesome. I be. Awesome. <laughs> I be is that what it says in your plates? I be awesome. That'd be great. <laughs> no, no, it does not say that. <laughs> it should. It probably should. Well, all right. From our uh, our new segment each and every Monday, the Sharpshooter with Angela Sharp. We love it. We got to come up with some music for that. I mean, we got to have some awesome music for when you come on. Something cool. Well, first start like, off with a horn. I like that. You got to oh. start with the goal horn. Yeah, sharpshooter, yeah, goal horn. Maybe Boom. that's a, goal horn. Brian, you, you getting all this? You getting all these? Look at him. Boy, he's shaking. His, and let me tell you something. Our producer Brian, he does. I mean, if you listen to lineupmedia.fm, okay, and and check out any of the the cool podcasts on there, I can assure you the majority of them, he's come up with all the intro stuff and all this. He's awesome at it. So I can see the wheel spinning over there already. He's got the name of the show. He's got the energy going. Angela, that's your guy, I'm telling you. I'm excited, guys. Well, we are too, and and it is great having you each week. Like I said, it it's good to get both. Uh, you know, obviously nobody has a, a their their hand on the fan more than you do as far as knowing what they're going through. And of course, we love to hear your thoughts as well because you know I do f- love the fact that it's not even though it feels like a male sport. There's a lot of female blues fans in this town, and they want to hear the female perspective. So we do appreciate you doing that uh, each and every week for us, Angela. And, you know, and coming to you from the sharpshooter segment, it's Angela Sharp with an E. Woo! <laughs> Woo! That was now. Wait a minute, that wasn't good. Come on, Come on. I just said you're good at being Woo! awesome. Yeah, there, there we go. go. It's hard to woo for oneself, you guys. <laughs> no, no, no. We need you to. No, it's good stuff. So, all right, Angela, look forward to uh, to seeing you next Monday. All right. Let, hopefully, we'll have good stuff to talk about. Yep, great stuff. All right, that is. Angela Sharp with two L's and an E from her sharpshooter segment. Great stuff. And I cannot wait to see what uh, producer Brian comes up with for her intro and outro. That'll be awesome. But, uh, hey, love to hear from Angela. And like you said, Gary, you're right. She is awesome. And uh, if you go to a Blues game and you ever have the opportunity to meet Angela, do so because you will be glad. Because she is. She's positive. She gets fans going. Uh, you know, she'll let. Obviously, she lets them say their piece, and I'm sure a lot of people. Come, I do find it interesting. Everybody was texting her, like, you know, I was gonna ask her. I was gonna be like, you got that that lifeline to the Blues where they're texting you right away, going, "Fabry's out for the year." Wouldn't it be great if Angela's yeah. like, "I can't tell you, or I'd have to kill you." <laughs> yeah, top uh, secret. Top secret. But no, she is. She's awesome, and uh, we do want to thank uh, our good friends over at Nelson <clears throat> Nelson Land Services. They're new to the show. They've been such a, a important part of uh, of hockey with uh, with their young guy playing there, and they're good friends of both Darren and Jamie's. They're new to the St. Louis area. They've been in the Ozark area, you know, for a while now, and they do fantastic work: lawn care, landscaping, irrigation. Like I said, if you go to NelsonLandServices.com, you can see some of their work. Just about everything you could possibly want done when it comes to. Uh, landscape design, lawn maintenance, landscape maintenance, anything you need done. Some of this stuff they do is amazing. I'm looking at uh, all this stuff on here, and, you know, there is no way I could do some of this stuff. Absolutely not. So I can tell you that if I need something done, I'm going to give them a call. Their St. Louis number is 636-244-5651. If you're still in that lake area, 573-392-9993. Gary, you just got a house in the Ozarks, didn't you? Yeah, we condo. got a condo. Yeah. yeah, you might need. You know, I may need something. You may need right. something done. You better give them a call. But they provide competitive lawn service at affordable rates and top-notch professional services. Whether you would like to add some splash color into your existing landscape, maybe add a waterfall or a pond, or transform a new home into your private paradise, 
Nelson Land has the tools to do the job and do it right. Make sure you check them out, nelsonlandservices.com, or give them a call, 636-244-5651. It's time now to uh, to go over to our friends at St. Louis Game Time. Again, another uh, way for us to take what the fans got going on and kind of relay it over to the other fans, and that's really what this show's about. Uh, Bradley does a great job over there with St. Louis Game Time. It's obviously the magazine you guys would get. Uh, not magazine. It's like a, it's like a like I call it a rag. I mean that's what it is. It's an old style newspaper, right? It's, Absolutely. It's for the fans, done by fans, and it's a great read. It gives you some really interesting insight. It's not the traditional stuff you're going to see in STL today, which is why I really like it. And the writers that do it are amazing, and they're they're just passionate guys, just like you and I. So what I think is great is you don't have to agree with it, what they say. I think it's thought provoking, which I also find interesting. Don't forget to make sure you find your vendor before every Blues home game and get your St. Louis game time. It's great stuff, but let's hear from Bradley with his St. Louis game time report. Hello, and welcome to another game time podcast segment. I'm Bradley with St. Louis game time. We have our website, stlouisgametime.com, our paper we sell outside every Blues home game, and our Twitter account at stlouisgametime. Well, it's been an interesting week, to say the least, for the St. Louis Blues. Uh, I'm going to talk about what's happened in the last few days and then kind of take a look ahead at what might be facing them. So the big news, of course, last week was the firing of Ken Hitchcock on Wednesday and uh, replacing him with Mike Yo. I think uh, pretty much everybody saw it coming except maybe Ken Hitchcock. It was interesting that Doug Armstrong said that um, Hitchcock was upset and I think he even used the word defiant. Uh, and you know he didn't step down. He was fired. He was relieved of duties, which is a nice way of saying uh, they told him to get the heck out. So he he wasn't done. He wasn't going to give up, even though he was the oldest coach in the league. Even though he was done after this year, as he said before the season, um, you know he said there there wasn't going to be any farewell tour, and the the Blues made sure of that. Uh, something had to change. Uh, the game in Winnipeg the night before, or the game against Winnipeg the night before on Tuesday. The first couple goals the Blues allowed were easy. Um, Blues defenders were more like traffic cones, and the Jets kind of skated around them and, and were right in on Allen, and um, the goals were almost uncontested by the team defensively. Uh, so, you know, if you see the Blues playing that poorly on defensively, they have totally gone away from playing Ken Hitchcock's style of hockey, following his game plan, his philosophies, everything he is about as a head coach is team defense, and they just weren't doing it. And so I think it's easy to see that they weren't listening to him. They tuned him out. They moved on. And I guess it was time for the Blues to do it too. Now, some would say that Doug Armstrong, who had an interesting press conference where he was crying and weepy and said he had basically just fired his best friend, and trailed off, and there were times where he couldn't talk, and he handed the microphone over to Mike Yo. Um, it was awkward, but you know, a lot of people were saying maybe Doug Armstrong should have been shown the door at the exact same time. Now he's going to be here, at, I guess, for the time being it, it, through the through this year, and he has a contract for next year. So the Blues will be faced with the decision whether or not to keep Doug Armstrong, whether or not to extend him, uh, going to his last year of his contract to give him a, a, any years after that. I don't know if it's safe to say that Doug Armstrong is general managing for his job right now, but that has to be in the back of his mind. And and maybe it might drive some decisions moving forward as far as the trade deadline goes and how the Blues approach it and how the Blues approach the playoffs and what their goals are. And if, if they decide that they need to retool uh, and trade some guys for for prospects or picks or both or if uh, they need to be buyers and try to bring in some veteran help and and maybe some some more scoring and and who knows what else I think the next week is going to determine that we'll get to that in a second uh, Thursday night uh, Toronto was in town high-flying Maple Leafs uh, led by Austin Matthews Mitch Marner a bunch of other young guys that are really exciting to watch uh, as they get used to the NHL it didn't seem like that was going to be a very good game, but you know the Bob Plager jersey retirement night was that night. The ceremony was spectacular. Um, having Barrett Jackman there, Bernie Federico talking about Bobby's mentoring him and, and showing him the way on the team, and, 
and all that stuff was really good. And then when they uh, lowered um, his brother Barkley Plager's banner down and raised it back up again with Bob kind of uh, escorting his banner, escorting Bob's banner up into the rafters, uh, it got awful dusty. And uh, that was really a touching moment. And you know what? I don't think everybody would have thought to do that. So whoever in the Blues organization came up with that idea to lower the eight banner down and then raise it back up with five, kudos to you because that was a tremendous idea. Tremendous idea. And really, um, you, you got any ideas about the what the Blues can do at the trade deadline? Because maybe maybe the, the hockey side operations uh, could use your creativity. Uh, because, you know, the game Saturday night against Pittsburgh – was a complete letdown. And maybe the Penguins were wanting to show that the 3 nothing loss at the hands of the Blues where Scotty Upshaw and Ryan Reeves scored a couple weeks ago in Pittsburgh. Maybe that was they're trying to show that was the aberration and not where the, the Penguins are in terms of progress on the season. Uh, so they were obviously motivated. The Blues didn't have that emotional jump from the Plager ceremony or Mike Yo's first game behind the bench as head coach uh, and they didn't have a lot of jump and and I kind of think before the game even started in the Penguins dressing room uh, a certain center with the number 87 Sidney Crosby might have just stood up and said hey uh, pass me the puck and we'll be fine because uh, it seemed like whenever he was out there the puck was on a stick and he was making shots from from weird angles and his knee on the ice and uh, you know setting up guys who were skating around the, the net and they, they'd arrived there and the puck was already, you know, almost upon him. Uh, the anticipation of, of Sidney Crosby is just second to none. He, he sees where the play is headed and is ahead of everyone else on the ice. And uh, he really put that on display on Saturday night. And, you know, say what you will about the Blues effort. Uh, they seemed a little uninspired. They seemed a little flat. And... Uh, it was almost like they were a little complacent into the role they were playing in the game where they figured that the top Penguins would um, be on top and, and giving St. Louis a lesson and the Blues would be on the bottom taking it, and that's what happened. So it'll be interesting to see how this team adapts moving forward. This is a very big week. Uh, I'm recording this Monday morning. They're at Philadelphia on Monday night. They're at Ottawa on Tuesday night. Then on Thursday, they get Wednesday off, thankfully. Thursday, they're at Toronto. Friday, they're off. And then Saturday, they're at at Montreal. So four games in six days, all on the road, one back-to-back, against some of the better teams in the Eastern Conference, teams that have given the Blues fits. Uh, Philadelphia has already beaten the Blues this year. Ottawa's beaten the Blues this year. Uh, I believe Montreal has beaten the Blues this year. Toronto, of those four games, is the only one that the Blues won, and that was the changing of the head coach and Bobby Plager night. So there could be uh, some big ramifications. Monday morning, the Blues are not in a playoff position. They are two points out of the last wild card position in the Western Conference. They are only... Uh, a couple points ahead of third draft position. If if the if the NHL draft lottery goes to form, uh, you know Colorado would have the first pick, Arizona would have the second pick, and then there's a lot of teams bunched up with about 52 points that are the bottom of the Eastern Conference and around where the Blues are uh, in the standings. So they're they're closer than you would think to to getting one of the top three or five draft picks, which is really unsettling for two reasons. One, everyone thought this team was a playoff team and they would build on going to the conference finals. And I think the rumors are that this NHL draft might be one of the weaker ones in recent years. There isn't an Austin Matthews. Uh, uh, There might not even be a a Ryan Nugent Hopkins or a, a Nail Yakupov. You never know. So, Kind of a weird timing. The Blues are bottoming out and maybe going to be in the draft lottery, or they're going to claw and fight their way to the playoffs with a different head coach and maybe a different mix of players. So I think how they approach the rest of the season, how they approach the trade deadline, could really be determined this week. Four very tough games. 
Say they win one of the four. Say they win none of the four. They will have dug themselves a hole that they might not get out of the rest of the season. Uh, If you look at the standings the last few years, there isn't a lot of movement between now, this point in the season now, and the rest of the year. Sure, some people kind of move some spots, but it's not major. Their teams really don't fall off a cliff and, and lose three or four spots. Uh, so it's kind of foolhardy to believe that the Blues could put some things together and climb to three or four spots. They need to climb one or two, period. And it's going to be tough. So the Blues could go from buyers at the trade deadline at the end of the month, or if they really struggle uh, on this road trip, and dig themselves a hole, they might be sellers at the trade deadline. And that could totally affect how they approach the rest of the season. They could bring more young guys up, put them in uh, bigger roles, um, try to get them acclimated to NHL speed and really see on a sink or swim kind of basis what they have with some of these guys. Uh, They called up Kenny Agostino. They called up Megan's Payarvi. I think you know what you have with Payarvi. You don't know what you have with Agostino. Uh, And then Ian Barbashev could come up or, I mean, or even Barbashev is up, he might have a bigger role because Robbie Fabry is now out for the rest of the year with a torn ACL. The hits just keep on coming. So it'll be interesting to see how the Blues deal with this adversity. They've got a tough schedule, a lot of road games, a lot of games close together, and now they don't have Robbie Fabry, and they're going to have young guys trying to prove themselves in the, the lineup. And maybe a couple guys respond, maybe they don't. Uh, and it could totally determine how the Blues approach the rest of the season, especially with how what they deal with, uh, how they deal with Doug Armstrong, and if they bring him back next year and extend him beyond that, or if they are sellers at the deadline, or if they try to keep Kevin Shattenkirk or trade Kevin Shattenkirk. Uh, I think this is one of the most important weeks in the entire season. Uh, I know there's a lot of hockey left, but this really sets the tone. Play well, and the Blues approach it one way. Play play poorly, and I think they'll be forced to look at some realities that this isn't their year and things have gone wrong. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just as curious as everyone else. How are the Blues going to respond to the, the, this adversity and deal with the rest of the season? Thanks for listening. Check us out at stainlessgametime.com, uh, outside every Blues home game with our fan run paper, or at St. Louis Game Time on Twitter. Back to you, Jim. Great stuff as always from Bradley over to St. Louis Game Time. If you're if you're not getting that ma- that current uh, you know rag like I like to call it, I encourage you to do so. Once you get one, you will be hooked on it. If you don't get to every Blues game, there's a way to subscribe and you can get it sent to you. and And I get it sent to me every day. Every time there's a home game, it's in my inbox in the morning. It's a great read. I enjoy it. Like I said, I get a real feel for what's going on out there. So you can't uh, you can't pass it up. And four bucks, heck, and what a great deal. It's a hugely great deal. It's yep. well worth it. Well worth it. And and like I said, just well done. And like, if it was done by people that weren't real blues fans, it just wouldn't carry the weight with me. So it is. It's it's awesome stuff. Uh, gee, I got to tell you, we didn't get to do our traditional talk at the beginning like I like to do, and kind of just break it down from a fan's perspective. But um, you know, obviously Jamie was kind of to join us, so let's just break it down a little bit here. Just a couple of knuckleheads talking talking <laughs> hockey. Obviously, the Toronto game. You know. Jamie alluded to it. You better play well. You got the new boss. And, man, they come out and just kind of put it on them in a hurry. And that was what I thought was interesting. The goals kind of came in bunches there. I thought Stasny's game, uh, Steen's game was was high. Uh, obviously, anytime I think you get a goal from Tarasenko, that gets the crowd going, of course, because we all know we need him, right? <clears throat> so, you know, they play well. You got the Plager ceremony. I think we've touched on that. You know, the crying, the the emotion, what was there, what was needed. I love the message. I did pick up on it, and I do think he absolutely was talking to the team now. And I think it was his way of saying, hey, I, you know, I know you're going through a tough time right now, but so what? Uh, that's kind of how I took it. Like, hey, everybody goes through tough times. You guys play for the, the Blues, and it's an honor to play for them. Take that into consideration. Maybe don't feel sorry for yourselves. That's kind of how I took it. Yeah, I took it that way too, and I think uh, it was one of those rise above it moments, you know, where, sure. you know, the mentor, coach, or you know, legend like Bobby is telling the boys, "It's a tough time, rise above it," and I think they felt that, and we addressed it last week, last Monday, when we, at, you know, we were talking about feeding off the crowd and feeding off the energy in the building, tons of energy in that building, 
um, and maybe a little bit of fate because they got five goals. So Right, pretty interesting, right? You know, maybe there was a little divine intervention there. Now, who knows? Now, obviously, you know, it's, we've talked about on the show, you're not just a fan. You obviously coach at a high level in college. What did you notice about their game differently Thursday night than what you'd been seeing recently? Attention to detail, one-on-one battles. They won a lot of them. They were so good in their defensive zone. There wasn't this kind of lackluster play or this chaotic we're just kind of running around everybody was you know they they covered their assignments well chipped it out when they needed to broke out well when they needed to and it was a really well played hockey game yeah well you know they get the win obviously it's a big night it's a big night for blues fans everywhere you get to feeling good about yourself and then low you know whoa back it up the pittsburgh penguins come to town uh something that i didn't hear anybody talk about because uh, I think everybody was riding that high, was here comes a team that is wanting to to get into the upper elite numbers of the league. I mean, obviously, they're fighting Minnesota. They're fighting Washington, you know, for those top spots. But the reality of it is they're very talented. They're your defending cup champs, right? Um, you know, they come to town, and I think people forget that we were playing very good hockey, and we kind of went in their building and embarrassed them a little bit. So you're going to come in, and you're thinking, you know what, I'm going to give them, give them the business. Not to mention, it's got to be hard coming off that high and trying to match that intensity level. I don't care who you are. You can say they're professionals. They should be able to do it. It's just hard to do. Yeah, there's a little bit of an adrenaline dump there and a a little hangover. But, you know, Pittsburgh's a really good hockey team, and we touched on it before. Um, Blues won that game and got goals from Reeves and Upshaw and guys who don't really score, and they won that game in Pittsburgh. And then we touched on it last week about adjustments. You know, we mentioned it when we at the end there when we were talking about the schedule and how we're playing a lot of teams we just played. So we were going to see what kind of adjustments they made against the Blues, and I think they did make an adjustment against the Blues. I think they made the Blues forward our defensemen turn their backs a lot, like getting the puck in deep and and working low. And Pittsburgh's really fast, and they really have the best player in the world on the team. So. Yeah. You know, they were going to bring it, and the Blues D had to turn around a lot, you know, and defensemen, go ask them. Go ask them how happy they are when they have to turn around and, you know, hunt a puck down. And then now you have to hunt a puck down with Sidney Crosby coming at you. And, you know, I mean, that's just tough to do. And, you know, what? they're, they're one of the top teams in the league for a reason, and, and they showed it that day. I don't think the Blues played, you know, exceptionally poor. You know, I just think they were overmatched. You know, what I saw was they made a couple of mistakes, and when they made them, the puck ended up in their net, which sometimes, you know, there was a game not too long ago, Jamie touched on it. They made a couple of mistakes early. They got a post. They got a great save from their goalie. They were able to turn that thing around. Well, in this instant, they made a couple of mistakes. Puck ends up in the back of the net. Now you're climbing uphill against one of the best teams in the league. It's a really hard thing to do. And then, obviously, things go from bad to worse, and you lose Fabry. Yeah, that's um, it's costly, but you know, again, rise above it. The message was from Bobby: rise above it. You, you can't excel in anything in life, not just hockey, if you don't rise, rise above adversity. So we got to see that. But you know, I know we mentioned the mistakes, but that's the best. That's one of the again one of the top teams in the league, and they make you make mistakes. You know, they put you in tough situations. They put your forwards in tough situations. Um, coming in, entering the zone, they put your uh, D in tough situations when they go when work low to high and get the puck deep. So, I don't know if the Blues necessarily make, you know, made mistakes that weren't weren't the product of the hard work of Pittsburgh. Well, I, again, I I I, I, I get you. I'm with you. I just think you know it felt a little bit like that only because I think fans were like. It's only natural, right? We've been struggling. We get the new coach, you know. Now we got somebody to blame, unfortunately, <laughs> right? I mean, seriously, I, I don't blame Ken Hitchcock. I don't. I, it, I, I understand it got to where it got, but it's like if you want to just throw all the blame on him and think everything's going to be naturally better, I think you're sadly mistaken. But we got somebody to blame, right? And we as a society, we want to blame people, right? That's what we want. When, when things aren't going so well, we want to blame somebody. So you got somebody to blame. Okay, you play Toronto, who's a good team, right? And you hand it to them pretty good. Right? I mean, you totally outplay him, right? Right. Here we come. We're ready. We're at home. We're fight. We got Bobby. You know, we got it going on, right? 
and then you know you kind of get get a little bit of reality but now we head out on the road and you're right we have to rise above it we don't have fabry i'm curious to see what uh agostino does uh to your point he's been a it isn't like you know him leading the ahl and scoring this year is a fluke guy's been a point per game guy since he started yeah i mean his whole career he's a point per game he's been a team leader he's He's got good size. He's got good speed. He'll play the wing. And I know Riff said that, that you know, they're going to look for a place to find, you know, where they can, you know, accentuate his abilities and his skill level. I think you just try to plug him in where where Fabry was and see how you go. I mean, the guy, he's he was part of a national championship team in Yale, and it's the first national championship for that school ever. And <sighs> And he's and he's there and and he's a point per game in every level of hockey he's played. He's a top winger and he's a point per game guy, like we just said. So let's put him in that spot and see how he does. What do you got to lose? We you know what Pay Arby's going to give you. Yeah, You've I'm, been I'm, watching that for a while. And but let's go. Let's let's try. We talked with Angela and we said, you know, there was the gray skies. Well, let's see if this kid can bring some sun into and some energy into the forwards and some scoring. He's obviously got some skill. So let's just throw him in and see what happens. Well, you know, and like I said, those are the really the couple of kids that we've had down there that you would, you know, one. I mean, obviously we called up, uh, and I may hope I don't butcher his name. Is it Megan? Is that his name? Yeah. You know, he came up, got the goal, um, you know, which was exciting. But the reality of it is, you know, we've got a few guys, just a couple of guys down there that it seems like might be able to contribute up here. Whether it's Barbashev or Agostino, I'm curious to see what either one of them can do. Um you know, and then just go from there. I, I don't know where we go from here. The trade deadline is looming. Again, the Shattenkirk thing will hover over us until a decision is made. And, you know, there's probably, my guess would be, things going on behind the scenes that neither you nor I are privy to. But at the end of the day, um, this is our team. we got to fight through this, and we got to try to make it. We love the Blues no matter what happens, right? It's, we talk about that, that picture, and that's kind of how it feels sometimes. But the truth of the matter is this is our team. We want to try to take this thing to a complete another level. And if you're going to do that, you're going to go through some tough times. Yeah, and this is one of them. And, uh, again, gut check time for the Blues. Let, step up. Let us know what kind of team we're going to have going forward. I don't think there's a quitter on this team. And I think their new blood um, is going to be an adrenaline. I think, again, we're hitting another new thing. We knew, You know, new coach. We had the adrenaline from Mr. Plager's uh, jersey retirement. Now, you know, Fabry's down. That hits you for a minute, and now you bring up a kid who's the leading scorer in the AHL, and surely the Blues uh, the Blues um, leadership will wrap their arms around this kid and, and push him and, and see if he he does us some good. Well, before we go, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, your McKendry Bearcats. You guys, uh, you guys have had a great season, saw some stuff. Um, obviously, you post a lot, and since we're friends, I see it all, of course. But uh, but you guys have had a great season, and if I'm not mistaken, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, you guys getting right ahead into your postseason? Yeah, we uh, we finished the regular season last week, um, 19 and three. Um, at one point this season, we were four and three. So we went wow, on, yeah, we went on a big run there. Finished 14 and 0 in our conference and our conference championships this weekend. We play Saturday, 4:30 at Webster Groves. Win that, we play. Sunday at one for the championship. So uh, let's hope we get the boys moving in the right direction this week. Be great. Uh, how's your new building? It's fantastic. I mean, it just it looks amazing. It is amazing. Uh, Friday night, we uh, Illinois State was in town and we we sold out. We had more than eleven hundred. Now next year, that facility will seat twenty eight hundred. But this this year was eleven hundred and fifty ish in yeah. the building, and uh, it was rocking. New video board was rocking. Uh, we had. Uh, some live video shots, and it's been great. Yeah, I know some family friends of ours, mutual friends, went and they had a great time. Said it was amazing, great atmosphere. You know, that's the thing about it. Um, it's here. You can go see it. It's local. You know, it's it's that experience. I tell people all the time that some of the minor league stuff that's local here in St. Louis, and if you can get an opportunity to experience the college stuff too, it's there. It's love. It's joy of the game. And if, you, if you're like me or anybody else out there and you can't get enough of it, there, there's another opportunity. And you got something going over there, man. It's pretty cool. I'm happy for you because I know it's your passion and I know it's something you're really good at. So I'm happy for you. Thank you. Well, that's uh, Coach Gary Henson from the McKendry Bearcats ice hockey team, uh, Division Two. I know um, they have aspirations of, of going Division One 
hopefully sooner rather than later. And I wish him luck on that endeavor, of course. Uh, they got a great new facility. And uh, Gary, what is it in Lebanon? It's in O'Fallon. It's, it's kind of, yeah. yeah okay. It's on that Lebanon-O'Fallon border right off 50 and uh, Troy O'Fallon Road. I encourage you to go check it out. Just all you got to do is Google it up. If they want to, if they want to check out McKendry Hockey, what's the best way, Gary? Uh, you can go to uh, edu, click the athletics page, scroll down to Hockey D2, and check us out. Um, and also, you can go to metrorecplex.com and look at our facility. Yeah, it's fantastic. Of course, you could probably just Google McKendry hockey and find all kinds of good stuff maybe some awful quotes from their coach in the in the paper yeah don't click the images yeah (laughs) anyway great stuff as always and i do appreciate uh gary uh joining us every week hopefully uh he doesn't realize this but when we get off here with mr kimball being gone for two weeks we're probably going to try to rope gary into coming in and filling in that kimball spot although i don't think he was quite as tough as darren was but we'll find out uh when you got to deal with jamie in person on a weekly basis you find out real quick how tough you really are Before we let you go, we want to remind everybody to make sure you check us out at bluesnhlpodcast.com. That is our website. It's where we also house the the episodes. You can listen to some back stuff and go back and listen and kind of see what was going on. Maybe we were right. Maybe we were wrong about some stuff. Love to hear from you guys as well. And when you do that, info at bluesnhlpodcast.com is our email. Twitter is a great way for us to stay in contact with you. We keep getting more Twitter followers every day, and we do appreciate it. At STL Blues Podcast. The deal with us is if you're a hockey fan, we're going to follow you back. So if you follow us, we're going to follow you back only because it's real simple. People tend to throw out on Twitter how they're feeling at the moment. Their true feelings come out sometimes. It's almost like after you've had a few cocktails. That's how I compare Twitter and and Facebook. We want to follow you because we want to know what you're really thinking and what you're really feeling. That's really how we address some of the topics that we come up. Some of them are just logical and make sense. Some of them are things that we know you guys are talking about out there. We want to address them because we feel like we're here to to provide that, that little bit of the behind the scenes, a little bit of the I've been there, I've done that, a little bit of the I understand what you're going through. That's what we're here to do because we're fans just like you at the end of the day. And, again, as I mentioned, don't forget Facebook. You can find us, Blues NHL Podcast. Very proud to be part of lineupmedia.fm. If you're loving the podcast, if you like podcasting, I guarantee you go to lineupmedia.fm. There's new shows coming on the network every day. If you enjoy the way this thing works, which, again, I don't know how you can't. You listen to this when you want, on your own time, maybe in your car on your way to work, maybe on your way to the hockey game, whatever it is, you get to choose when you want to listen. It isn't like we're on and you have to tune in at this specific time. That's why I think podcasting is great. That's obviously where we're trending as a society. Make sure you check them out, lineupmedia.fm. Gary, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. I guess uh, I put you on the spot. You going to come in Thursday? Well, yeah, I guess I have to now. Yeah, you don't have a choice. All right. That's, uh, again, thanks to uh, our McKendry Hockey Bearcats Division II head coach, Gary Henson, to my producer, Brian Crock. I appreciate him and all he does. He's got a lot of work for him now. I built him up to Angela, so he's got to come up with something really cool for her by next Monday. No pressure at all there, Brian, as he throws his hands up. No big deal, he says. Uh, thanks again to Jamie for uh, for calling in this morning. Uh, I think he wants to try to do more of that on Mondays when uh, when his time allows. And, of course, we could not do the show without our friends at Vincent Mortgage. Make sure you check them out, vincentmortgage.com. And, of course, our newest member of our show, uh, nelsonlandservices.com, Scott Nelson, and uh, just a, a great hockey family there as well. Make sure you check them all out, nelsonlandservices.com. For Jim Cromer and for the Blues NHL Podcast, we will see you on Thursday. Let's go Blues. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.